What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We are live. <laughs> welcome in. Welcome back, everybody. To another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is my co-host Elijah Spann. Before we get started with today's episode, be sure to check us out all across the social media world. Uh, our brand is over at GTD underscore sports, except for TikTok. We are at gtdsports.com. You can follow our personal accounts if you see on the screen. I'm over at Ryan Bennell 8. Elijah is at Elijah Span 19. Uh, and also be sure on our website, gtdsports.com. Go check out the other podcasts on our podcast network. You know, even though we're a little biased, we like our show. Uh, you're stuck with us for today. But it's a great podcast, great content on there. Be sure to check everybody else's work out. Uh, we got a great episode, shorter planned, shorter episode than normal planned for today. Life kind of got in the way. We have some other stuff going on. But it is what it is. We're still going to be talking about some big news out of the NFL, such as Cam Newton and Odell signing with new teams. We got Thursday night football tonight, of course. Elijah and I are going to be giving our midseason NFL awards, and we're going to be doing our coaching hot seat ratings, if you remember that segment from a while back. And of course, we're going to round it out with Taylor Fade, giving our best bets for this weekend. I'm not going to waste any time. Let's go ahead and start as we always do. Elijah, do you have a would you rather or should I go ahead? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we. Um, so... We can honestly, we don't even have to do it, but um, I'll go ahead. I have one. This one was kind of fun. Uh, it made me think with the Odell news and everything. We can honestly just go right into that after this if you want. But would yeah. you rather be teammates with Odell, who causes constant drama, or Delonte West, who might try and fuck your mom? Well, Delonte West is um, a drug addict now. Okay, yes, but before before that, before that. So as a was, player, as a player. Yes, obviously, okay. yes. I think I'd still pick Odell. Really? Uh, yeah, because, well, Delonte, that's like a that's, that's like a rumor. I don't know. We don't know how Dude. true it is. It's definitely like Reddit's most, like the, the NBA Reddit's most favorite, like, rumor that you could have. So, um. It might be true. Uh, and Odell Dude, I heard Stephen is still A. I've heard Stephen A talk about it before, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Stephen A like true. hinted at it one time, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick Odell. I think uh, I would probably also go with Odell, I guess, in that scenario. It's just, yeah, it's rumors. I just thought it would be funny to throw that in the mix. But speaking of Odell, yeah, speaking of Odell, let's go ahead and jump right into, uh, Odell signing with the Los Angeles Rams. He was, we've talked about him and I think we can finally be done talking about him. Elijah, I know you've been, yeah, you, you've been waiting for it, but this, this seems to be the final chapter in the Odell midseason saga. Um, right. He signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he will be fitting into a very, very crowded wide receiver room of uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, even Tyler Higby. Van Jefferson's been playing well this year. Like, they got a lot of yeah. guys. So, uh, is this going to help or hurt the Rams? I think you could I think you could only help them. I mean, if worse comes to worse, he could just get cut again. Um, that is true. Do you know the details on his uh on his deal? I was looking for it, but I, I couldn't no find idea. like an exact monetary value. Yeah, I couldn't no, I couldn't find one. Um, but I I was surprised because Van Jefferson has been a really good wide receiver 3. Yeah, so he has. Maybe does this mean that they're going to do more four wide receiver sets with the Rams, Sean McVay? I mean, Sean McVay is probably really excited. Um, I think really it can only help the Rams with Odell um, because now they have three 
elite wide receivers, I guess. Well, two elite. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Robert Woods is like on the edge of elite, but Cooper Cup is elite. Robert Woods is like really, really solid. He yeah, he's just really solid. Yeah, and then he does Cooper his job well. Cup has turned himself into elite this year, and then I think Odell you even argued it the past couple of years that Cup's elite. But yeah, yeah I, true, I agree though. True. I agree this year especially. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, those three guys all together. Uh, it's like who do you double team? And it might. <laughs> I don't know. And I think that a lot of the problems that Odell had with the Browns are going to go away because I think he knew coming into this what the deal is going to be is that obviously Cup's going to be number one. Um, he could probably fight off Woods for the second most targets um, with his target share, but Cup's going to get his bag. Uh, yeah. And, you know, him and him and Stafford are best buds. So, like, that's, that's a done deal. But um he he's coming in knowing the situation and buying in and this team is super bowl a bust right now i've never seen a team do this much in one season to try and get to a super bowl because going back since they ended their last season they have added matt stafford got rid of jared goff um added, added von miller added von miller and now odell yeah and like that's not even including all the other things that they've done in the past by getting Jalen Ramsey, um, just all kinds. Of, it's, just, it's just crazy that they have it, this much influx of talent. It's it's almost it's it's like NBA esque. It is, yeah. That's yeah. It's a good way to put it too. And this is kind of just like a reminder. This is their talent without Cam Akers, who is supposed to have a potential breakout season for them. And I mean, Daryl Henderson has been playing really solid. well, really consistent. Very yeah. Solid. Um, going back to what you said though about like the the four receiver sets, I I don't know if they're gonna do that because like in the NFL, um, like a an empty backfield shotgun is unheard of. Uh, you're always gonna have a running back usually back there with the quarterback. Right. So like that would mean putting Higby off the field. So like I'm I'm curious. That's I'm curious as as to what they're gonna do with that. If uh, Higby's gonna see less snaps or if Van Jefferson is gonna see less snaps, because you're right. right, it's gonna be one of the two probably. Well, I'd probably say more Van. than likely, yeah, more than likely Van will will see less. Because <clears throat> they use the tight end a lot in blocking schemes. Yeah. That's what, you know, are just kind of like a, a lot of what I've been seeing too in the NFL is the tight, as the tight end screens. Dallas was actually the first team to do it, um, where they uh, fake it to the running back and then turn around and dump it off to the tight end. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good play. A lot of plays like that. Yeah. And like, so, you know, every team is doing that and – the Rams are, you know, a part of that fad. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they're involved in a lot of blocking schemes to open up players down the field. So, yeah, I don't think he's going get, to get snaps taken away from him. Van Jefferson is definitely the one suffering. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, and I agree just with your overall sentiment of, uh, like, he can't really hurt them. I mean, he, he's a good player, even if he isn't what he once was. But um, the only way he really could hurt them is if he brings this drama queen mentality and continues some bullshit, you know, if he doesn't get as many targets as he's hoping for stuff like that, which I really, I, I think it's over. Like, I think this was it, yeah. you know, he got on the Super Bowl contending team. That's what he wanted. Yeah. And then if you look at kind of like Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown is a miles light years, m- more of a distraction, like off field locker room drama guy than Odell has been. And ever since Antonio Brown has been, in Tampa Bay where, you know, they told him right from the get go, what the deal is going to be. He's shut up. He's been radio silent, you know, essentially. And I could see the same thing with Odell and Odell's been, you know, again, nowhere near Antonio Brown's level. So I I expect him fully because he chose to come to the Rams to, you know, shut up and play, I guess, in a Mm -hmm. sense, not like shut up and dribble, but just like, yeah, yeah, I know. Just not be, not be a locker room cancer. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, another big signing, though, too. I think that's really all, all there is to cover with Odell. That'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Over the year, though, my Rams Super Bowl pick has just gotten better and better and better. Like, I'm really feeling pretty confident about it right now. Yeah. But anyway, on to a non-Super Bowl contender. Uh, the Carolina Panthers just signed a reunite and reunited with Cam Newton. It's a one-year Cam deal Newton. worth up to $10 million with 4.5 million guaranteed and this is coming less than two years after the panthers originally released him so 
What are what are your just original thoughts on this? Um, it feels right. It does. I kind of like I kind of like the move all like just all yeah. around for everybody. Um, it just it feels good. Like Panthers aren't going anywhere. I think I saw somebody on Reddit say like you know, uh, Tepper the owner knows what he's doing. Like he knows that this team isn't going anywhere this season. So might as well sign Cam, get the fan base a little excited to see their guy back after he was gone and sell some tickets, maybe, maybe some jerseys too, um, with Cam back. And uh, I can see Cam taking the job away from Darnold if he plays well. I think he will. That's that's the thing. For some reason, I think this homecoming is just going to work out for, I, for both parties. Yeah, and that might be like the romantic in me. Yeah. The hopeless romanticism that I just like, live my life with. Uh, that Cam Newton is going to be great with the with the Panthers again. But, I mean, probably not, but I, I do think he will be pretty solid. I think he'll be better than Sam Darnold, a better option than Sam Darnold. I, I do too, and I kind of the way I've envisioned it, um, like my kind of early prediction on how he'll play is somewhat like a Jalen Hurts-type fantasy guy where he gets a lot of fantasy points. He's going to get rushing touchdowns, but he's still not like the best when it comes to winning you football games. Mm-hmm. But may, maybe not a direct comparison. And it also feels mm-hmm. weird comparing a 32-year-old former MVP with, like, a second-year player, you know, just because he's had more of an impact in the in recent right. years. So it, right. It's just weird kind of. But um, I saw one comment on, I think it was Twitter, or no, Instagram, whenever, like, ESPN posted the original announcement. And the comment was like, you cannot live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me, the Thanos yeah. quote. Yep. So, yeah, it is – I think he can have an impact, though. Just I think he'll make them slightly better. Um, will they make the playoffs? No. Um, you know, the Panthers have a really solid defense, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they can win games. I mean, they can compete in just about any game, really. I mean, like, what if Cam comes back? He probably won't start right away. He'll probably get acclimated to the playbook. P.J. Walker, some P.J. Walker action, which I'll be excited to see. Yes, sir. Love, love seeing XFL guys in the league. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, what if he leads them to a play like a wild card berth? That would be crazy. Gets a new I deal. I mean, because like, wild card race, honestly, NFC, AFC, both wide open. Yeah, I, especially in the AFC right now, just because every goddamn team in the AFC has five wins. It seems like, but yeah, right. <sighs> nah, it's a, uh, but it, I, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And I'll definitely first game he starts, I'm hammering the Panthers. That's yeah. I is he starting this weekend? That's what I'm curious. I don't think so. I wouldn't think so. Because I quick. I was looking ahead at our Taylor Fade segment and I was gonna pick Panthers plus 10 just because I thought he was starting. But I'm ham I agree. If he's starting, I'm hammering it. Wherever yeah. he starts, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if it's against the Cardinals. I don't know. With his what about like his contract? I don't I don't necessarily get because it's a one year deal, right? So is that just until the end of this season? Or is that gonna continue on for yeah. like the full year? No, it's till the end of the season. So they just gave him four point five million dollars guaranteed just to like possibly come in and play like five games. Right. That seems weird to me though. Like I don't know, like it seems like a good I mean, deal, but I don't know if that's it's a mid-season, lot of money. So they, it's mid season, so it's like cap space just to have. Um, so it's like free money essentially, I guess, um, yeah. for them, it's not like they're up against any walls. So that makes sense. I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. And they'll probably definitely make it back. Like I said, with the owner thinking how he thinks he's like, you know what? I'll make, I'll probably make that back with cam. Yeah. Uh, you know, reuniting with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see it, man. I, I do want to see cam in a Panthers uniform again. That's where he what, belongs. I feel like, you know, yeah. what if he wears a different number? Oh, God, no, no, it's disgusting. He has to wear number one. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Is there a number one on the Panthers roster? I have no idea. I just I know gotta, that I there's probably some wide receiver that's number one, dude. I really hate that every single wide receiver or cornerback that changed teams this past year um, went to, like, a single-digit number. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Oh, okay, on the official... On the official Carolina Panthers roster, Cam Newton is already added, and he is number one. Okay. So, all right. All right. That makes Dang. me happy, yeah. Bang. Okay. Number one confirmed. Heard it here first. Yep, GTD. We just reported it first. Nobody else. Yep. Bang. Uh, all right. Let's go on to some Thursday night football tonight. 
Uh, if you're watching the recorded version, the game's probably already happened by now, but that's just another reason to tune into our live shows. So tonight, Thursday night football, we got the Ravens traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins. And for some reason, I got a weird, weird feeling about this game. You know, um, you know, the Dolphins have had their quarterback back and forth with two and Jacoby Brissett. Ravens have been playing well, but then they dropped that game against the Bengals that was really kind of questionable. So I don't know how I feel, but I got a weird feeling that Miami might pull something out of their ass here. What about you? Um, I got a feeling that they'll cover. I, that's I'm also, yes, I'm, I'm taking the uh, Dolphins. I wouldn't go as far as to say that they'll win this game. Um, thing that one thing that worried me after I put after I, I literally right after I put the money, I was checking ESPN again just on the app, and it was like Lamar returns to South Beach, and I was like, oh fuck, I forgot Lamar was from the Miami area, and uh, he might fall out tonight just Br- in case. Is but Brissette that, playing? Right, I have no idea. It's either Brissette. Uh, Tua was questionable. It was like a game time decision last time I heard. Okay, yeah, because I was about to say, honestly, either fucking way, I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins to cover. Whatever. But 80%, like 80% of the public was betting the Ravens. That's um, another reason, it's, yeah. It's been my new thing that primetime games fade the public. It's it's easy. Um, and the my, big underdogs, dude. Like, primetime underdogs at home have been cashing at, like, a 70% rate. Oh, bet. Let's go. That makes me feel even better. Um, yeah, and also, like, my new system has been great. If it's within 55-45, just pick who you like. And then anything like 60 and up, it's like fade the public. And then it's it's been working out pretty, pretty well for me. Um, little gambling, little gambling tip for you. <laughs> Have you uh, been using the like action network to track the like yes. percentages? Yeah, that's yeah. that's so useful, dude. It is so oh my useful. God. And I, I don't even have the paid version, which when the I paid do. version when the paid version goes on sale, which it usually does around Black Friday, Christmas time, I might buy it. That is I got it around Good Christmas. Chance. Yeah, it's like half off. It's it's really useful. Yeah, like I use it gives you access to all the systems as well. So, right, right. Uh, you, I don't use them every time, you know, but like it definitely helps. It like makes me feel better too if I know like my pick also fits into a system or something. Ever since I've been using it more, I've been winning more. So that I don't know, you know, it's kind of cool. It also keeps so. you. It keeps you like it really does because like you know when you're betting on a book like that that doesn't like you know, notify you about your bets and everything like the app does when you track it and stuff. Like it's hard to keep up with. It really is. So like the app uh-huh. just definitely makes yeah. everything easy. I also have a, a little Thursday night football, same game parlay for you. I got Rashad Bateman, anytime touchdown score. Ooh. Uh, Miles Gaskin, anytime touchdown score. And then Lamar Jackson over 250 and a half passing yards. Plus uh a thousand and ten so ten to win 110 dollars that's juicier than i thought it would be what is do you know like the individual odds on bateman yeah bateman's plus 300 gaskins plus 150 lamar one is like minus 115 minus 120 yeah yeah that makes sense for the the lamar prop but yeah i I honestly might take like i like the gaskin one a lot i might take that straight it's easy and i don't think bateman scores first touchdown yet no team like the Dolphins do that too on Thursday night football. Oh, dude, I always like to bet for prime time. I have such a bad habit of betting uh, first touchdown scorer like of the game. See, you, I just I don't like those. I, don't like I only do it. I only do it when I'm hit. up. I I've hit it okay. once. I hit Tyler Lockett plus eight hundred one time, and ever since then I've probably gone like zero and six. So yeah, probably even myself out. But I only do like the minimal bet and right. Yeah, but I only do it when I'm up. So like this week, I'm not up right now. So college basketball dinged me, you know. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's how I feel about this game. Um, yeah, two or whatever. But I, I, I'm all over Dolphins plus eight and a half. I think that's a great bet. Yeah, I do, I do too. Dolphins have just been so disappointing all year. It's hard to believe that this is a right. team that that people had poised to even compete for the division. Uh, and make like a wild card playoff spot. A lot of people had them pinned at eleven and six, even twelve and five as their finishing record. So kind of crazy to see this, uh, which is. might you know might put you know might put old uh, Flores on the on the hot seat. So which we will get to in a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But first, we got our midseason NFL awards. 
we made our uh, preseason predictions. You can find those over on our Instagram at GTD underscore sports. You can see Elijah and I's full predictions for every single NFL award. And honestly, we we didn't do too bad. We didn't do too bad at all. So far, I feel like our predictions have been pretty good. Even like our top five receiving passing, I feel like they've been pretty decent so far. And so just to confirm the segment, this is who we think is our midseason awardee and not who we think is going to win the whole yes. award. Yes. Okay. Correct. Cool. Just yes. confirm. Oh, yeah. But, yes. It, this is, yes. This segment is if the season ended today, who would get coach of the year? Who would we or, give or it not, to? Sorry. Or? Sorry. I was just we... looking. I was looking at coach of the year whenever I read that. I meant if this, if the season ends today, this is who we would be giving all the awards to. Okay. Yes. Cool. Not like who we think will win by the end of the year. Right. Okay. Right, On the same off. page, right? Start us off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. So first up, I'm going to, do you want to go, do you want me to read them all off or do you want to go like, every... nah, let's just go, let's just go one by one. Okay. So I'm going MVP. I got Kyler Murray right now. I, I really think he's been putting up ridiculous numbers on the best team. I think he's at least in the top three for that conversation. So that's my pick right now. Mm-hmm. Right now I got Lamar Jackson. Um, I've, I've been hard he's up there. on Lamar Jackson as a passer in in past couple of years. Um, but this year, man, he's been the comeback king. He's had like three or four comebacks now. He had one against the Colts. He had one against the Vikings. And uh, that Chiefs game was a comeback too, right? Yeah, yeah, at so, least at one point. So three, three comeback wins with Lamar. Three really – just a really good quality season. Um, he had a 400-yard game, uh, and he's still lighting it up with his feet. And his team has just been decimated. So he's doing it with his, you know, tail, but running backs that have been coming off the street. Uh, I, he's my MVP through halfway of the year. I think he's definitely up in that conversation. Yeah, I, I considered him as well. So, all right. And for defensive player of the year, I'm going, this one was a, really a coin flip for me, um, but I'm going to go with TJ Watt. I think just some of the plays he's made has been, crazy this year but I, I i don't knock anybody for taking who you're about to pick yeah tj watt's been a game changer this year yeah like definitely he, you know he anytime you watch a steelers game like he like you know he's on the field yeah yeah he makes his presence felt exactly yeah, yeah and that's how you know like a defensive player in the nfl is good is because he just keeps on popping up on your screen for like making plays you know and I mean? also i mean i know it's kind of like a simple and like duh but i mean also if he was off the field, that defense would be completely different. Just that one player, you know what I mean? That he, would, but I mean, I know that's kind of like a dub, but he still has that kind of impact. So right for a defense, defenses are units. It's not like yes. a, it's not individual players that make plays like on offense. Yeah. So it's, it, you, that that's not a stupid thing to say. But for me, I'm going Miles Garrett, um, just for a lot of the same reasons that we went with T.J. Watt. He's a difference maker. Uh, he's is he leading the league in sacks right now, or is he second? Um, I'll check while you keep going. But no, he's been electric. He's been awesome. He's been teleporting on game film. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video of him and how fast he is, he's freakishly. He's he's a freak. Um, yeah, it's he's my defensive player of the year halfway through the season. So Miles Garrett is leading with twelve sacks, and right that's, behind him is T.J. Watt with eleven and a half. So only a half a sack nuts. separating. And, and T.J. Watt missed a game, right? I'm I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure. Or two. I could click on him and see. Got a little quick. dinged up. Um, and then I think Miles Garrett might have missed one game too. No, actually, yeah. it looks like uh, it looks like TJ Watts played and he has a tackle oh. in every game. I guess he was just questionable. Yeah, um, but I mean, still, uh, they're definitely on top right now. Um, behind them, there's three guys tied with nine sacks: is Harold Landry the third, Matthew Judon, and Marcus Golden. Judon is having himself a pretty good season. I'll give him I that. Like Judon. Yeah, it's the Judon's red really sleeves. Good. All right, but next up, switching from defense to offense, offensive player of the year. I'm gonna go with Cooper Cup. Uh, he's been killing it. It's it's weird to give this to a receiver though, but he deserves it by all means. Uh, right. Been putting up ridiculous numbers. Him and Matthew Stafford are the pairing that everybody dreamt of, that everybody thought they could be. Uh, they've been killing it all year. So. Yeah, RIP to all the fantasy gurus that said uh, take Woods over Cup. Yeah, I was even – I didn't know. I mean, because Woods is good, you know, but yeah. shit, dude. I personally liked Cup over Woods, but, you know. 
Um, yeah, no, I also have Cup as my offensive player of the year. The last time a wide receiver won this uh, was Michael Thomas, and Cooper Cup is having a Michael Thomas-like season right now where he's just breaking chattering records. And probably the best stretch of nine games that we've ever seen from yeah. wide receiver, in a, in a, at least in a very long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, fan, dude, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're probably winning your league right now. Shit, like. I have the most points scored. Oh, that's annoying. If you're not winning and you have the most points scored. Yeah, I'm five and four for some reason. But I'm going to make That's still, I mean, you know, you're in position. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, all right, anyway, offensive rookie of the year now. Um, this one seems pretty obvious. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I had picked Mac Jones. But this is not only my midseason pick, but this is actually who I think is going to win for the entire season it's kind of a lock at this point but give me jamar chase he, he's he been putting up ridiculous numbers he, he's almost having like i don't want to compare him to justin jefferson but i mean in, in that aspect of how impactful his rookie season has been it's very similar um he a lot of question marks around him but he's came in and made the Bengals so much better it's crazy right um yeah, I also have Jamar Chase for the same reasons. And I think uh, everyone, including myself, owes the Bengals an apology for clowning them for taking Chase over Sewell. Uh, yeah, because even I did as a Bengals fan. I was pissed. So Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot a lot of people did. I mean, he's completely changed the offense. Him and Joe Burrow are just electric. So halfway through the season, easily offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. And he's I mean, minus, dude, what? He's minus 200 right now on books. Jesus, that's insane at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, and yeah, like he's just revitalized the offense so much because he is the number one receiver already. Um, it's the focal and, point. Yeah. And so to have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd as the other options makes life so much easier for Joe Burrow that we don't even need to worry about the offensive line right now, even though I still am worried. <laughs> but anyway. Defensive player of the year. This one is another kind of obvious one. These these rookies have really run away with it this season. But Micah Parsons, he has had a bigger impact on the, the defense than any other rookie has across the league. He, he is the Cowboys have gone from, you know, arguably a 30, like the 30th defense in the league to now a top 10, probably. And not single handedly because of Parsons, but he has a big role to play in that. Yeah. Um, top 10 might even be a stretch for me to say, but definitely top half. Yeah, do- top um, half for sure. Top half. Uh, yeah, Michael Parsons, he's been super versatile. He's also minus 200 right now on books for offensive or defensive rookie of the year. So that just goes to show you how great his first half of his rookie year has been. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's definitely my midseason. And I think he's going to run away with it at the end of the year, too. Yeah, definitely. All right, and then next up, we got our coach of the year candidate right now. I had a hard time picking this, and so I have my real pick and a slightly homer pick. Well, I guess they're kind of both. My real pick is Zach Taylor, but I have a second pick because I don't want to be a homer. Uh, I think Zach Taylor uh, definitely should be up there in that conversation at least because the Bengals, we've talked about it again and again, but, I mean, they've been projected four or five wins all season. They already have five wins. They're competing for a playoff spot. They were the one seed in the AFC at one point. Sure, you have that loss to the Jets, um, but I still think he has been one of the most surprising in just the way he's coached as well has been much, much improved from last year. And my other pick, though, other than him, not to be a homer, would be Cliff Kingsbury. Um, He's kind of a guy that I have dinged a lot. I've given him a lot of shit because I don't really think he deserves an NFL job. But this year... Shit, and maybe it's just because he has Kyler Murray at quarterback, but they have been working out very well together. Um, they, the coach and quarterback duo is just as good, if not better, than Matthew Stafford and uh, Sean McVay. Yeah, um, so for me, I got John Harbaugh. I'm going with him because of the same reasons why, you know, I kind of went with Lamar as MVP. Um, he's had guys not only off offensive impact players out for the season – uh, defensive impact players like Marcus Peters out and the Ravens really haven't missed a beat. They're seven and two, right? Seven and two. I think six so. Yeah. Or six and two, six and two, six and two only lost two games. Um, they're rolling and bowling. Uh, probably the team to beat in the AFC right now, if I had to pick one. 
because I'm yeah, a little I, yeah. soft on the Bills after that Jags loss. Yeah, you're right. Definitely after that Jags can, loss, six points against the Jags is just that's that's. That was Josh Allen. That was probably Josh Allen's worst game of his career, or at least since his rookie season. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think him turning around that Ravens and where they are right now, halfway through the point of the year, um, it's John Harbaugh. No, that, that that's a good point with all the injuries and everything, like having to overcome that. And uh, our last one of the year is or last pit award to give out is pretty obvious again, similar to Jamar Chase, Mike Tyson Parsons, excuse me. He's run away with this for comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott. This was one of the obvious picks coming into the year. It was really between Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow coming off of major injuries. And Joe Burrow on sports books is currently the second highest favorite at like plus 700, but Dak Prescott is like minus 200. So give me Dak Prescott for comeback player of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm going Dak too. Um, He's really only had one bad game, and that was against the Broncos. And I already talked on Tuesday's podcast about how I feel about that game. Um, so yeah, he's 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 been awesome. Hasn't missed a beat. Ankle hasn't been bothering him at all. He's 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 definitely comeback player of the year halfway through the year. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I just thought of too that would have been interesting or to shake things up a little bit in this mix is if Derrick Henry didn't get injured, he might be the offensive player of the year uh, ahead of Cooper Cup. That that could have been a conversation to have been had, but. After we could have done that. Game, yeah. We could have done that with with midseason awards too, though. That's true. So we could have even given it to him. Yeah, but I I, 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 I still think, think Cup. Yeah, I still here. think Cup. Yeah. Even though that'd be tough, though, because I think the Rams, long term, like if Cup got hurt, um, they could somehow overcome it in the playoffs. But I really think that long term, the Titans are going to be hurt without Henry. I do too, even though they just like had a that big loss. win without him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I do. I agree. I think it might suffer, especially come playoff time. If he's not suiting up, they're probably looking at a first round exit. All right. That is our current pre or not pre, our midseason awards. If we had to give out all the NFL awards today, you guys can go check out our full season predictions, which are still, I'm still holding true on most of them uh, over on our Instagram at GTD Sports or at under. Fuck, I can't talk. At GTD underscore sports. Ugh, English is hard. Anyway, though, moving on from NFL, we're going to talk about both college football and NFL in our newest segment of college, or sorry, not college, coaching hot seat ratings. I don't know why, man. I just can't read. Words are all over the place for me right now. But regardless, we're doing our coaching hot seat ratings. If you remember this from last time, we did it a while back. We're doing both college and NFL. Talk about the coaches who are currently in the so- the hot seat, uh, used to be in the hot seat, may be in the hot seat soon. Kind of give our ratings on a scale of one to ten, where how hot we think that seat is for them. So let's start with college football before we go back into the NFL. And first ones first is Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Texas head coach. They started out four and zero. Everybody was really high on him. And now they've lost five straight and are looking to possibly miss a bowl game again. Where? What are you thinking on a scale of one to ten? How hot is he right now? It's his first year, but I had to put him in here. Uh, I'm going to give him like a two. I don't think he's going to go anywhere after this year at all. Um, they, it's, it's just, I don't think there's high expectations for him coming in. And if you remember that, I mean, I think most people have seen that video of the bus now. Yeah, it's snickering. So. He might. He's got a lot of work to do to get those Tom Herman guys out and that Tom Herman culture out. Um, that definitely permeated itself during his time. So no, I, I'm I'm chill with Sark and how he's doing right now. I think I don't think he should be on the hot seat whatsoever. I'm I'm gonna slightly disagree. I'm gonna give this like a five out of ten, or no, like I'm gonna say like a four point five out of ten. I think um, even though he did just come in his first year, Texas always has such high expectations. And they are desperately looking to we're back. They're they're desperately trying to get back to the glory days. And they're kind of at that point where they need it. Like they need it right now if they want to compete in the SEC. So they may be riding with Sarkeesian and like really believe in him as the guy because he's a good coach. He's experienced at Bama and everything. But I don't know. It Texas is kind of always a wild card. But I, I think that they'll definitely ride with him until like their first season. Probably 
if he hasn't put up results by season two of SEC, because that's why they that's why they picked Sark is because they knew they were going into the SEC. They wanted him to you know recruit guys that could be able to play in the SEC once they get there. And so that's pretty much what he's doing. He's like evolutionizing Texas into an SEC program, and it's a work in progress right now. And then if he hasn't put up results by year two of the SEC, he'll definitely be out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, next up at Georgia Tech, we got Jeff Collins. He's in year three, I believe. Uh, the Yellow Jackets are sitting at three and six, haven't really been competing in the ACC ever since that glorious 11-2 and two season they had back in 2015. So he may be on the hot seat. He was supposed to revitalize things after uh, Paul Johnson left. Big balls, Paul. But I'm going to give this one – I'm going to go ahead and answer. I'm going to give this one uh, 7 out of 10 because I would say it would be higher, but Georgia Tech really seems to like this guy. Uh, he has He's built really good culture around the program, but they can't seem to fucking win. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. I'll also give him a 7. Um, it's also, too, because it's Georgia Tech, and they don't really have that many expectations in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like they're in a rush. Yeah, you're right. They definitely aren't. Yeah. And the next up, Miami, who might be in a rush with head coach Manny Diaz. I don't know where to pin this one. Um, At the beginning of the year, I would have said a two out of 10. But now at this stage in the season, I'm going to give this a solid 6.5 out of 10 because he's a really good coach. They've done good things, but they also have failed their expectations almost every single year. So it's hard for me to imagine them not considering moving on at this point. I'm going to go with an eight. Um, If you're at Miami, that's a recruiting hotbed. You have no excuse not to get talent. um, You're right. In your your own backyard, except now maybe that the SEC is probably just creeping in and national recruiting is just on another scale. Still still though, Florida, you got to get the Florida guys. You got to get the Florida guys. It's it's the U, you know, like it it means a lot down there. Um, Yeah. And he just yeah hasn't produced results, and he's had some really really bad games this year. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably say he's got to go. Yeah. Um, next up at Virginia Tech, we got Justin Fuente, former assistant under Gary Patterson, but long time really? head. Co- yeah, yeah, a long time ago. But he's been a, a head coach now. He's he was in the rumor mill for the TCU job because a lot of people think Virginia Tech might let him go, and for that reason, I'm going to give this one. Almost a 10. I'm going to go 9.5 out of 10 um, because Virginia Tech, although they don't have the biggest expectations in the world, they're still a big football school. They still have had success in the past competing for conference titles, and they haven't in in a few years. And Fuente has been a large part of that. So Mm -hmm. I think they got to move on at this point. Yeah, I can agree with that. Probably like an eight or a nine. And some of the I've read somewhere that part of the reason why Fuente has kind of not done so well is because he's he doesn't know the Virginia area that well, and he just took the job, and that was that's been a, a reason for him not being well. But either way, like you said, Virginia Tech really hasn't had results, and there was a lot of buzz around Virginia Tech when they first hired Fuente from where did they hire him from again? I forgot. I forgot where he came from because I remember I, it was a big deal. Let's see. Fuente. Oh, he uh from Memphis because he he turned Memphis right. into like a Memphis top twenty-five team. Yeah, when they had Paxton yeah. Lynch, that makes and they sense. They went like eleven and one or uh, one or two. Lot. They were really good. And, yeah, they were uh, competing like a New Year's Six Bowl. Right, right. Yeah. You good there? Oh, I didn't, bro. I don't know why I just came up with some coughs, bro. Oh Ooh. man. All but, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So next thing up, we got Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. This one is one at the beginning of the season where I would have said is a lot higher, but they're currently the number six team. They have one loss. It was to their big rival. So maybe losing to a rival puts you on the hot seat a little bit, but I'm going to go right in the middle, five out of ten for uh, Mr. Harbaugh there. Yeah, I'm going to give Harbaugh a three. Um, It's just a – a marriage that's been kind of weird, but at the same time, it's just kept going. It's almost yeah. like a, it's <laughs> it been like a, it's been like a stay together for the kids type situation because Harbaugh, you know, historically means so much that program. And then Harbaugh just loves 
Michigan. I mean, I mean, whatever you could say about the guy, he does love his alma mater. Yeah. Um, and so they're just kind of like, it's definitely a stay together for the kids vibes. And I think that's going to continue because they finally, he has had a lot better of a season um, this year. All right. And then let's go ahead and just do one more college coach. We'll finish it off with Dan Mullen from Florida, who has recently sprung into the hot seat after a 40 to 17 loss to South Carolina last week. So I like Mullen as a coach. Um, does he deserve to be in the hot seat? Yes, slightly after that embarrassing loss. But they have a young team right now in Florida. They lost a lot of big uh, impact players like Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask from last year. So I'm going to give Dan Mullen a, a, a 3 out of 10, I'll say. Because there is some question marks, but they're still a good team. I mean. I got to give Mullen like an, an 8. Really? I wow. I mean, just because they're Florida. That's true. They have a lot of expectations. Yeah. Like you got to win in Florida. There's no time. And he's been there for a couple of years now. They did go to the New Year's Six Bowl last year. But like, I mean, we've seen it now at the SEC. As soon as you stop producing results, you're fucking old news. I mean, you look what they did to our boy, Coach O. You yeah. Know? So like, I mean, it's it's the SEC. And it's one of the, the more major programs in the SEC. He's not getting it, the job done he probably is going to get let go, which I don't like because I, I really like Dan Mullen. I do too, yeah. I, I like him. But all right, that is all we got for uh, college coaches. Let's go ahead and hit some NFL guys. First up, this one's obvious. Matt Nagy, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10 hot seat. Get him the fuck out of Chicago. When is he going to get fired? It, it, it's literally just any day. Like when is it going to happen? Yeah, I'm going to give him a 10, but I, I honestly think that there's a, a weird scenario this year where he keeps his job. Because I hasn't agree at yet. this point. Yo, exactly. Yeah, at this point, it's like, are they actually going to fucking do it or no? I don't think so. I think they're going to keep him around for another year, which would just – because it's awful because – I don't know. There's I will say, though, the second half of that Bears game Monday night was a lot better than the first half. But during the first half, I was like – How's this guy should get fired at halftime? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That the was the offense big switch is a net, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they play bad enough to get rid of him because really, it's not. It's mean to the rest of the league to impose a Matt Nagy led football team, especially one that's as Nash on as much primetime games as the Bears, um, to a national audience to have to watch that because it's awful. It's boring. I don't like watching Bears games. They're not fun to watch. No, de yeah, definitely not. Especially, well, the first half, especially. But the, it was a fun ending to their last game. Definitely. Yeah, but that's it's that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got we talked about him a little bit earlier, but Brian Flores of Dolphins. Where I I don't know where to pin him right now because they had such high expectations. Like, I'm curious. I, I want to hear yours first. I got him at a seven. Seven, okay. Um, the the fan base has kind of turned against him pretty harshly this year. Yeah. Um, because of the high expectations that went in. And they're pretty mad at him because a lot of the Dolphins fan base is big on Tua still. And yeah, they, that's true. Yeah. They really didn't like the Deshaun Watson stuff. And they're partially blaming it on Flo. They call him Flo. Um, Flores. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give him a seven because the fan base has definitely turned against him and they're having a terrible season after high expectations. Like you said, how, how long has he been there now? Do you know? This is his third year. Third year. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'm going to give him like one, one less. I'll go six out of 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I have also heard a lot of conflicting opinions from like the Dolphins fan base. It just seems like a broken organization right now yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in just in general. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they kept him. Mm -hmm. So next up, Urban Meyer just got a big win against Buffalo this past weekend. Where do you think he's at? I think he's at like a two. I do too. Yep. I, I really I, low. He he is definitely put the finger blast gate in the rear view. Um, he, you know, he's had a big win in London finger blast gate. <laughs> yeah. Or finger gate or you know. whatever. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. You know, whatever so funny you want to call it. Yeah. Funny um, way to put it. And, 
and then the win against the Bills, I'm like, you know what? They're probably definitely they're definitely gonna give him another year. At yeah. This point. So, but it was it looked pretty dire for a second. No, I agree. It used to be like an eight out of ten. Now I, I agree exactly like a two out of ten. There is still room for concern, room to have him on the hot seat, but yeah, I got that big win. That helped him a lot. So well, because the week of man, he was at a ten. Yeah, yeah, but, close you know. to it. Yeah, close to it. Um, all right, next up, we got Mike Zimmer with the Vikings. I already know how I feel about this one. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. He's been there for a long time. Um, they're starting to kind of decline, it seems like, even though they have a talented roster. Their defense has slid. They've lost some key guys, but, you know, I mean, you know, for example, Jeff Gladney got fucking arrested. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give him a 10. I think he's gone after this year. Um, he's been there. I still think he's a good coach, but sometimes – Especially in pro sports, when you've been somewhere for a certain amount of time, it's like, hey, you know, this has gotten stale. We need we need fresh faces and new voices yeah. in the building. I think this is definitely one of those instances. Plus, like you said, they're not producing as much results. And if you you know check James James's Twitter, um, you'll know that how the fan base feels about him and Clint Kubiak for some reason. Um, oh yeah, J- yeah, JD, uh, yeah. one of our yeah one of our bloggers, J- James uh, Danielson, he. Definitely has some strong opinions on Mike Zimmer, so yeah, it's pretty funny. Protect you know? Kubiak, protect Kubiak. Yeah, <laughs> at this point. Um, all right, next up, uh, Frank Reich. I put him on here because um, he's been really good as a head coach. But if they don't win this year, what are the chances of him getting fired? Because we have five game, five names on this list. Mm-hmm. However, there's six to seven head coaching jobs that open up every year. Frank White mm. could possibly be one of those guys. I don't think so. We're probably going to see something else happen to a more successful team right now that misses the playoffs late in the season. Like Pete Carroll could probably be another guy. Um, but Frank Reich, I'm going to give him a four. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I'll put him right in the middle at a five out of ten because um, yeah. I agree. I mean, they they do they did have expect- expectations to win this year. Yeah, and They still could. They still could end with the winning season, but – Started out a little slow. Yeah, because with Reich, his first year, he had still had luck. They went to the playoffs, uh, first round exit. And then uh, the next year, they missed the playoffs after Luck retired. Um, and then last year, they had Phil Rivers. And this year, I don't know, they might make a play- late playoff push because they've been playing really well. But They have been he, playing a lot better, yeah. He might get an excuse because Wentz was banged up at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, yeah, that could be a decent excuse. I, I, I that's why I have him right in the middle because it could go either way. It's mostly based on the Colts' performance, really. Like, but it, yeah, if it gets worse, though, he might be gone. Yeah, definitely. And then, last but not least, on the NFL coaching list, uh, we got Zach Taylor. I threw him up here because his hot his hot seat has just been all over the place, uh, especially this year. I think he started the year around a seven or an eight out of ten, like firmly in the hot seat. But right now, I would I would honestly give him like a one out of ten, because um, I, I like I said earlier, I have him poised as the current coach of the year. He is definitely changed from last year, just the way he's been calling the games, and maybe that's because we have a different personnel, you know, with uh, Jamar Chase involved. But he's been doing a lot better, a lot less dumb situational calls that were just aggravating, like I don't know, like a play action fucking pass on fourth and goal type stuff, you know. Just stuff that doesn't always make sense in the scenario, but this year there's been a lot less of that. So I'm gonna give it a one out of ten, honestly. I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna go right in the middle at five. Okay. Um, I could I could see it still. For for me personally, is why I'd put him on the hot seat. He might stay though, because Bengals uh ownership have been known to be excruciatingly patient. patient. Yeah, they have a bad uh, habit of it. So, but like it was a one after they beat the Ravens, but then they lost the Jets and the Browns. And if they missed the playoffs after being number one in the AFC at five and two, right? Four and two, whatever they were, yeah. um, they were up there. And now they're not in their last in their division. So if they finished last in their division, I'd can them. Yeah, I know. If they if they do finish last, especially after that five and two start, yeah, you got to gotta get rid of them. All right, that is all we got for our uh, coaching hot seat segment. Um, those were all of our ratings for currently who is kind of in the mix. On, in college, there's honestly so many other guys that we can talk about. 
because uh, there's so many programs. There's 130 FBS programs, so a lot more guys are in the hot seat, but those are just some of the big names, big programs that are we might see gone in the offseason. Now, though, it is time for our favorite segment, Tail or Fade. I'm going to hand it off to Elijah just to, uh, just to tell you guys how fucking godly we are at this shit. Yeah, we're 71%, dude. We're nuts. It's insane. We're nuts. We're good. We're sharps. We're sharps. What's our uh, overall record? I think 104, 44, and 2. That's fucking nuts, dude. It's pretty good. I'm pretty sure. Wait, did you um, say 44 a lot? I think it's like 40. 70. It's like 10 something and then 70 something. Oh, no, no, no. 104 is 64. 104 and 64. No, no 104 okay. and 74. We each have 37 losses. So, so 74. Yes, 74. Okay, so over 100 and then only 74 losses. I mean, either way, no matter what 71%. 71%. Yeah, 71%. That's all you need to know. We've been hitting our bets, our Taylor Fade bets, at a 71% rate. So, of course, this isn't financial advice, but... You know, if I were you, I would fucking tail all of our Taylor Fade picks. Money so. in the bank. Yeah. We're going to go through these ones rather quickly, though. I do got to get out of here. Um, got, you know, got a tip-off game tonight, TCU's first basketball game. But regardless, college football is where we're starting. I'm going to go first. We got Wyoming plus 13 and a half at Boise State. Uh, Boise State's been a different team, sluggish. Wyoming's been better this year. It, it'll be closer, I think. I'm going to tail. All right. I like it. Next up, we talked about it on Tuesday, and I'm going to follow up and hammer the Gamecocks. South Carolina minus one and a half at Mizzou. I'm gonna tail. Oh, a little hesitation there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just—they just had that big win, but you're right. They the market may have overcorrected for that big win. Actually, so. I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna fade. Fade? Okay. Yeah. A market down. All right, next up, I got a, a correction game, a bounce-back game. This has a lot of uh, implications for the ACC championship. I'm going Wake Forest minus one at home versus NC State. I'm going to fade again, I think. I think NC State wins. Wow, okay. I, I could totally see that happening, though. But All right, next up, this one is a little bit of a homer pick, but I think this, this spread is just way too big. TCU plus 11.5 at Oklahoma State. So was it? I thought it was plus thirteen. It opened at plus thirteen. It's all the way down to eleven and a half now. <laughs> uh, tail. Yeah, we're not losing by more than eleven. It's gonna be a close game, I think, actually. And then my last one was kind of a meme pick because, uh, but it's also a system play. So the spread. This is Clemson and UConn. Clemson are forty-one point favorites, but the spread of this game is only fifty points. So in games where the spread is less than like 15 points away from the over-under, it's hit at like a 61% rate since 2005. So it's a very low total for this big of a spread. And for that reason, I'm going UConn plus 41 at Clemson. You know, the last time that you pulled out that stat and I tailed you, I lost. But I'm going to go ahead and tail again because UConn, Clemson can't put 41 on anybody. Yeah, I know I mean, U- UConn's terrible, but Clemson's offense is so slow. Yeah, so like, nah. Okay, I'm going to start off. This is p- probably my favorite bet of the weekend. Baylor plus five and a half versus OU at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tail that one as well. I think they're in desperate need of a bounce back game. Um, also, Oklahoma's been playing a lot of close games all year. So, yeah, I'm going to tail that. Um, next up, I got AM minus two and a half at Ole Miss. I think AM is a really good team. Um, and they're they're gonna win out. I am actually going to fade this one. Um, I think this is gonna be one of Matt Corral's Heisman moments. Uh this I think this is regardless going to be a really close game, no matter what. Might be decided by a field goal. Uh, I, I just don't know if AM's offense can keep up with Ole Miss's offense. That being said, though, the Rebels have a terrible defense, so and it might be able to put up 40, but I think Ole Miss wins this one at home. Uh, next up, I got Michigan one and a half at Penn State. This is a fat tail. I had this one picked out as well, so I, this, this looks like free money to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdue plus 21 at Ohio State. 
This is an interesting pick. Um, I do think Purdue is capable of covering that. Uh, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to tail. They've been playing well. I just don't know if their magic can keep up on the road in the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Well, they beat Iowa on the road. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, and then last for NCAA, I got UCF plus seven and a half at SMU. So I okay seven and a half. I saw this this line drop to seven, which makes me like SMU a little bit more than seven and a half. Uh, but I'm still gonna fade. I think SMU they they've lost two games now. They need a win. This is also for placement. Excuse me. This is also for placement in the American Athletic Conference. If UCF wins this game, they might jump them. So SMU with the home field advantage, I think they can cover. Their offense is just crazy. Okay. All right, moving on to the NFL. I am going for my first bet. I'm actually going to do a split bet. So if both of them lose, it'll count as a loss. If both of them win, it'll count as a win. And if one wins, one loses, it'll count as a push. So I'm going to split half a unit on each of these. I'm going with Bills first half minus six and a half and Bills minus 11 at the Jets. They're going to be pissed after that embarrassing loss to the Jags. They're going to come out with a big win. Uh, I'm going to tail solely for the first half. Yeah, I like the first half a lot more, honestly. All right, next up, we got Eagles at Broncos over 45 and a half. I'm going to do the impossible, and I'm going to fade. All right. I'm going to go under. I've been the under SMH, bro. Actually, I can't really talk because my next pick is Browns at Patriots under 46. I'm going to fade again. Wow, lots of fades today. Okay, okay. No, no, no. This is normal amounts of fades. Oh, you're right, yeah. But uh, <laughs> next up, this one is really just a, a Vegas. I'm recognizing kind of this line is off. You would assume the Titans would be bigger favorites, even without Derrick Henry. But I'm going Saints plus two and a half at the Titans. I think the Saints might actually win this game outright. Just the NFL's weird like that. So, Yeah, I'm going to tell. The Titans are due for a letdown spot. Yeah, exactly. That's another reason, too. And then last but not least, I got the Chiefs at the Raiders over 51 and a half tail yeah the Raiders defense is nothing compared to what the Packers is and the Chiefs defense is abysmal all right let's see what you got all right first up I got Detroit plus eight and a half at the Steelers I love I love this pick uh this one is I would have put this in my card as well if I could have but I love it all right and then next up I got Las Vegas plus two and a half versus the Chiefs I'm actually gonna money line I'm actually gonna fade this one I think the Chiefs uh are are and I know I've kind of been riding them even though they've sucked, but I think the Chiefs are going to eventually find their stride, and it might be this week because it surely wasn't last week against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, I got Pats minus two and a half versus the Browns. I'm going to fade that one as well. Uh, that, okay. That's a tough pick for me. It is a tough. It's a tough game. Yeah, that's a really I, tough pick for me. For some reason, I really want to bet it. <laughs> I do too. I, I, I think really, I might like, go with the Browns though. Okay. After that big win against Cincy. Next up, I got Arizona minus 10.5 versus Carolina. So this one solely depends on whether or not Cam Newton's playing. He's uh, not playing. There's he's no not way, playing? Yeah, there's no way. He signed today. Today's Thursday. One practice and they're going to start him. Okay, yeah. If he, yeah. If, yeah, you're right. No, yeah. He, if yeah, Since he's not playing, I'm going to tail that pick uh, with P.J. Walker in there. Cardinals probably get a big win. And then last but not least, I got Denver minus two and a half versus Philly at home. Mile I, I am going to tail that. Uh, Denver looked much improved after their losing streak in that win against the Cowboys. And now they're coming home too. So even more of a reason to bet them. But all right. Yeah, that is our Taylor Fade segment. If, uh, you know, again, not financial advice, but we have been killing it on these picks. And we've talked about two famous last words though, right? Like as soon as, as soon as we yeah. we start bragging about how great we are, we're definitely going to go negative, which I hope not. Cause I'm definitely going to put a lot more money out this week on this segment than yeah, I have me in too. the past. I'm, I'm so, going to trust us. Yeah. I'm going to trust fucking us. Blow it. Aren't we? Dude, fuck no, bro. We're we got to have faith. It. We got to have faith. Oh, bro. I'm still putting it out either way. I'm putting these picks in. I'm yeah. Putting I'm putting the down. units down. Yeah. On so, the majority of these. Yeah. A good amount. Yeah, but alrighty, that is going to do it for today's episode. We appreciate everybody that tuned in to the live show. And as always, we're going to be back same time, same place on Tuesday for another live episode. Elijah, any last minute comments? No. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and uh, 
see my first college basketball game this season. I'm hyped about that. So appreciate everybody that watched, and we will see y'all next week.